Welcome to Alive Experience, the online teaching ministry of Pastor Pascal Ngui. Pastor Pascal is the senior pastor of Alive Bible Church, a vibrant and growing church with branches across South Africa. Pastor Pascal teaches the Word of God with accuracy and power, always leaving his audience empowered, challenged, and ready for change. As you listen, get ready to be blessed by the Holy Spirit. Now, Let's join the message already in progress. Well, this morning we're going to just kind of continue, you know, with what the Lord has been dealing with us this month of November, one another. Hallelujah. So I hope and believe that this series has been a blessing to you so far, that God is helping us to reconnect to him to reconsider things that matter. Amen. Let's go straight to the word this morning. John 13 verse 34. The Bible says a new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you that you love one another. Father, give us grace to love one another. Give us grace to love one another. In Jesus' name. I would like to remind you yet again of the purpose of this series. I started, you know, telling you about it last Sunday. Well, the purpose is to teach us to value godly relationships in our lives. Godly relationships. In other words, to learn to put value on people that God has brought your way. That's what I'm calling godly relationships. People you are connected to because God made it possible. value those relationships because God placed a great value on them. Hallelujah. And then the second thing to build, to learn how to build permanent, long-lasting, and this morning I want to add rewarding and fulfilling relationships. Hallelujah. Long-lasting not temporary, long-lasting, rewarding relationships. Let's go to the business of the day. You know, this morning, let's start quickly with five relationships that you should fight for. Before I take you through what we're talking about this morning, five relationships you should really fight for. You might not You know, you don't need to fight for every single relationship. Some indeed will not last. But there are some that you really need to fight with everything within you to ensure that they are healthy, that they are growing, that they are well maintained. The first one is your relationship with God. This particular relationship is going to come under attack over and over 
and over and over again. That you are watching me this morning is not a guarantee that your relationship with God is good. And the challenge about this relationship with God is that sometimes you are not aware it has changed. I think a while back I taught you about Samson who did not know that God had left him. But there are certain signs that you can easily tap into to know when God is with you. The first sign is his voice. When God is with you, God will be speaking to you constantly. When you are not hearing the voice of somebody, something has happened to the relationship. And so it is with God. When was the last time you heard God? Another thing that comes with a relationship is the presence of a person. The presence. The presence. I'm always very, very careful with the presence. I'm, 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 I'm desperate and I'm, how can I say, I'm, I become, I become very restless when I sense either a diminishing of his presence or a loss of his presence. I tell you, I try to find out what happened. Where did I miss it? Because I can't, I can't survive outside his presence. You see, when you are constantly tackling the devil, constantly disturbing the devil, see, you want to remain under the shadow of his wings because just one move outside that place and exposing yourself to an enemy you were fighting so fiercely, disappearing from that because his presence brings protection. That's why I'm, I'm scared when, when he's not there. It's not nice. May you carry his presence constantly. By your relationship with God, I mean your relationship with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. How are things between you and him? You know, time and time again in scriptures, we are told not to quench him. We are told not to anger him. We are told not to do certain things to him. We are told to to allow him to lead us. And I believe that each one of these things, quench not the spirit. Um, There's another one. Um, Do not grieve, yes. Quench not the spirit, grieve not the spirit. Those are things to maintain, to maintain a good relationship with the Holy Spirit. Don't grieve him. Don't quench him. So are you in good terms with God? That's that's a relationship you really, my brother and my sister, my dear friend, my dear pastor, my dear shepherd, whoever you are watching me this morning, let me tell you something. You need to fight to maintain a healthy relationship with God. 
through a strong prayer life, strong word life, and especially a life of obedience. When you have those things in place, when your prayer life is under attack, your relationship with God is under attack. There's no questions about that. And it's a matter of time it's going to deteriorate. When the word of God in your life is under attack, your relationship with God is under attack. So God is no more having access to your spirit to either feed you or to either direct you. You are being cut off from the voice of God. And I pray whatever it is that has become so important that it has killed your prayer life. It has killed the word of God. You are no more into podcasts. You are no more able to listen to the word of God constantly and effectively. My brother, that thing is turning into an idol in your life. It's replacing God. It's replacing God. And that's the challenge we have in this life is that many things come and each one of them desire the place God has. Just like, you know, when you enter a hall, the best place, the best seat, everybody wants it. Now, why you see, when you have placed God at the highest seat in your heart, every other idol will want that seat. And you have to fight to keep God on that seat. I pray that you will win that fight. Number two, your relationship with your father, your mother, and your family in general. I believe that's a very important relationship to maintain because it will interest you to know the day things will go wrong for you. Those are the people that will be there for you. You have to know that. Those are the people that might bury you one day. Those are the people that will be standing with you one day. So whatever you do, let's fight. I know sometimes it's so tense and it's so difficult. But as long as it depends on you, try to maintain a good relation. Try, try to maintain peace. At least from your end of the tunnel, let there be peace. Hallelujah. Your family. Number three, your relationship with your spouse, your beloved. If you are not married, your beloved. And if you are, if you don't have a beloved, then this is not necessary for you right now. But I want to tell you something. If you are married, then you have to know that that relationship is a very important relationship. It's not something to take lightly. It's not something to take for granted. It has to be well maintained because it will interest you to notice that a lot of things in your life start shifting the moment that relationship is out of order or out of control. Maintaining it does not mean that you just stomach anything that comes. Maintaining it means it has to be working according to the principles that God gave us in his word. Husband, love your wives. Wives, submit to your husband. It's part of the maintenance of that relationship. Honoring one another. Treating one another well in the relationship, in the marriage, or in the courtship. Making sure that that relationship is not falling apart under your supervision. Being destroyed. People were given to you, they look this way. 
Ever since they came under your control, now they look this way. People could do this before they join you. People were able to do this and do this and do this and do this before you came into the sin. Ever since you joined with them, they have lost their way. What's going on in that relationship? Is it is it rewarding? And sometimes it's because we don't take time to build it. We just let it to be by itself. We are no more investing on it. We call this person my helper or my partner, but this is a partner that is never being helped. This is a helper that is not given a chance to help. How is that relationship? This is another relationship you really, really, really need to fight for. And then if God has blessed you with kids, then the fight is even now more. You now need to also fight for that relationship with your kids because Satan desires your kids. You know, Jesus told Peter, you know, Satan came and he wanted you. Satan wanted you. And and Peter was like one of the spiritual child of Jesus. And Satan wanted that child. Satan wanted him. Satan always wants your children. Either spiritual or biological. He wants to destroy them. He wants to misdirect them. It's a relationship you have to fight for. To have a relationship with your children. To maintain a good relationship with them. To not leave them in the hands of the devil. To do with them as he pleases. How is my relationship with my spouse? How is my relationship with my son? How is my relationship with my daughter? How is my relationship with my mother? How is my relationship with the Holy Spirit? How are these relationships going? What's going on in this whole thing? Number four. Your relationship with your pastor. Your relationship with your church leader could be your shepherd, could be your cell leader, could be your choir director, could be your worship leader. Your relationship with that person that constantly stands in front of you to provide leadership, spiritual leadership. Your relationship with your fellow church members. How is this relationship? How are things in this relationship? How are things with your pastor? How are things with your shepherd? How are things with your cell leader? Is the relationship in good terms? Or is the relationship affected? How is it going? Brothers and sisters, like I told you last week, you know, you might not go with some of your family members to heaven. You might not even go with some of your kids to heaven. I mean, at some point, they will have to make their own decision. We pray and believe that the Lord will direct us and we will help them make the right decisions. But a lot of chances are that you will find yourself in heaven with a lot of people that you are with constantly. That's why this relationship is so important. 
And, and as, as we go through in the teaching, I'll be showing you a few things there to help you understand it quite well. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And lastly, number five, your relationship with your destiny helpers. People God has sent your way to help you with what you are doing. They come in forms of friends. They come in forms of the team you have. People that are surrounding you. If you are a shepherd or a pastor, you have a leadership team. People that help you do the work. Your relationship with those people. Your relationship with them. Your relationship with your colleagues. If you are working. If your classmates. If you are in school. Your relationship with your boss. How, how are those relationships? That's another direction. You see, all these five groups of relationships, each one carries a lot of rewards. But you have to learn how to maintain them. Hallelujah. And this morning, I'm going to teach on a two-part message. I'm starting it this morning and I'm going to end it next Sunday because due to time, I, I, I can't cover everything I would like to talk about on that. But I'm going to just start. So today, let's talk about eight decisions that will transform your relationships. Part one. Eight decisions. Last week we saw eight steps that will spoil your relationships. If you missed it, I, I beg you, go on YouTube. And even if you didn't miss it, you know what, what surprises me the most is that people listen to something once and they think they heard it. And that is one of the biggest deceptions that we are living with in our time. That's why the word of God does not say. I mean, Jesus himself told us, as soon as the word is preached, Satan comes and steals it. And so I do not know how you believe that just because you heard something once, you actually understood it. Developing the discipline of humbling yourself and listening to that message again and again. Even if you don't think I'm such a good preacher. But there might be something good there for you. You'll be surprised that many things were said and you didn't even know. Once God has spoken, twice have I heard that all power belongs to God. Twice, at least. If you can't listen, listen to at least twice. Twice have I heard. Which message have you heard twice? Which of my messages have you listened to twice? Once God has spoken twice, have I heard? Are you sure you are really my follower? Are you sure you are really a disciple of Pastor Pascal? Are you sure you are really in this ministry? That every Sunday you just come and receive one dose. Even medication. How can you receive medication? They give you an entire box and then you only drink once and you are saying you are okay. And that is the mistake many people make because when you drink the first dose, it seems like you are getting better. But they always say to you, complete the course. 
complete the course, finish the course. Because there are other hidden things. And sometimes when you don't complete the course, because you, we, all, we, we all feel, no, I, I think I'm better now. I don't need to continue drinking these medications. So what happens is, the antibiotic in you does not finish the work. And then these antibodies and other things, the, 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 the virus has now the capacity to come back and it has neutralized the antibodies and the antibiotics of the first time. And then you need to now go and get something else. Because you did not complete the course. Certain demons have begun to be very, very comfortable with you because you don't complete courses. You listen to things and you don't finish listening to them. And you feel you understand them. So they find a way of continuously being around you because you don't complete the course. Receive grace this morning to complete the course. It is pride. Listen to me. It is pride that makes you think you know what I'm talking about. Because your foot are there to show you know nothing. Or if you know, you know very little. I do not understand why you are so deceived. Show me your fruit. Show me the churches you have started as a result of you knowing everything I'm teaching. Show me, show me the people you have. How many leaders do you have? How many people are around you that are doing the work and to prove that you have, you have understood? Where, 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 where are the proofs? I mean, this is the height of deception. A person has nothing to show, yet he's taking no step to learn. No step to learn. So confident, so relaxed, so comfortable. And this is, uh, you are highly deceived. You are asleep. And you are not even aware of it. Let me give you a simple test to know that you have understood something. When you, the Bible says that wisdom is justified of her children. Meaning once wisdom has been properly accepted, appraised and, and, and received, it produces children. Therefore, where are thy children? Where are your children? Where are your leaders? Where are your sheep? That are the result of the wisdom that you have engaged in. Where, 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 where is it? Where, where, where are your results? Please, let's stop fooling ourselves. Let's stop deceiving ourselves. We are deceiving ourselves in broad daylight. In broad daylight. Continuously sleeping on the job. Basing ourselves on things that are not even our, the result of our own work. As a matter of fact, it is this pastor you listen less that people listen every Sunday and they keep coming back. Only God knows if you start, if they will come back. I pray they do come back. That's my prayer for you. I just want you to understand this morning that don't deceive yourself. Don't, you are deceiving yourself. You are deceiving yourself. Check your fruit. Check your children. Who, 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 has, who has been produced through what you are doing? That's the best way to check your results. Do you understand? Not, 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 not even seeing people. At, no, the children, the children, the children, the result of my ministry is my children. Where are your children? So let's start this morning. I want to talk about decisions. 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 Life is 
always a sum total of decisions. You end wherever you end in this life because of decisions. Decisions are very powerful. And the quality of a relationship is a lot dependent on the quality of decisions that are being taken in that relationship. And sometimes even decisions that are not taken as we know are also decisions. Because when you decide to not do anything, you have decided. And then the relationship starts falling apart because you decided to not do anything. It's a decision. The decision to postpone that conversation. The decision to always overlook certain things that need to be addressed. Those are decisions. And they all lead to a certain place. Each one of them. So let's start this morning. Decision. I'm talking about eight decisions that will transform your relationships. Especially, especially your relationship with God, your relationship with your family, your relationship with your spouse, your relationship with the church, your relationship with your pastor, your relationship with your destiny helpers. All these people that God has sent in your life. Number one, decide to be a gatherer not a scatterer. Decide to be a gatherer, not a scatterer. Luke 11.23 He who is not with me is against me. And he who does not gather with me scatters. Brothers and sisters, listen to me. According to Jesus, there are only two types of people on earth. We don't have different types of people. Yes, we do, but they can all also be categorized in two groups. Two groups only. Group number one, those that are with Jesus. (laughs) And then those that are against Jesus. You see, there is no middle ground. You can also know, I'm not against Jesus, I'm also not for Jesus. No. You are either with Jesus or you are against Jesus. I mean, you've never thought about that before, right? You've never thought about it. But I'm not with, I'm not in any political party. So I don't think there's any, I'm not here I'm not with EFF. So I'm, I'm just, I'm just there. I'm just there. That's not the case with God. With God, you are either with his son or you are against his son. So the decision to not be with Jesus is a decision to be against Jesus. Think about that carefully this morning. Then he makes it even more plain now. He says, he who does not gather with me is scattering. So what is Jesus saying? When you are with me, you will gather. When you are against me, you will scatter. That's what Jesus is saying. So I would like to ask you a simple question this morning. And I want you to really think about it. Are you a gathering type or a scattering type? You see, you are one of the two. We all, are, we all belong to one of those two groups. You are either a gatherer or a scatterer. You cannot be both. You are either with Jesus. And being with Jesus is not just saying, I am with Jesus. No, I am with Jesus, therefore I gather. That is what it means. You cannot, many, many people will claim this one. No, no, I me, mean, I'm with Jesus. If you are with Jesus, it means you are a gatherer. You interested in relationships. You interested in bringing people together. 
that matters to you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. A gatherer brings people together. That's what you need to understand. They bring people, a gatherer always has people around. You cannot be a gatherer and you are forever alone. That, that cannot be possible. You are not a gatherer. And that means you are against Jesus. I want you to flow with me. Matthew 23, 37. Oh, Jerusalem. Jerusalem. The one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. That's Jesus speaking about Jerusalem. Said, Jerusalem. Jerusalem kills prophets. Jerusalem stones the people that are sent to her. So God sent people to Jerusalem. Jerusalem stones them. God sent people to Jerusalem. Jerusalem kills them. How often I wanted to gather your children together. How often? God is showing you what matters to him. God often, often, it's something he wants to do often, often, often. I wanted often to gather your children, to gather you. I wanted to do it many times. Often, not once in a while. I wanted to gather you often times. Look at the mind of God. Look at the mind of God. God is a gatherer. That's why he's telling you in the other verse that if you don't gather with me, you are scattering. Because oftentimes I want to gather people. I want to bring them together. That's what God wants to do. He says, how often I wanted to gather your children together. As a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. I'm sure you've seen a hen grouping all her chicks under her wings and they all come under her. And they are protected. When there is a problem and they just know they need to run under those wings and that's it for them. How often I wanted to do that. He says, but you were not willing. You were not willing. I wanted to gather time and time again, but you were not willing. You are not willing to be gathered and you don't have a mind to gather. You are not willing with such things. You are against me. Your mind is not into gathering. And you cannot say, no, my mind is not into gathering, but I don't also scatter. No, no, no. Jesus is telling us, if you are not gathering, you are scattering. Either you are aware of it or not, he's telling us what's going on here. And I'm telling you, there are only two types of people on earth, according to the verse we've read. Gather us and scatter us. So I would like you to tell me this morning, in all honesty, what type are you? What type are you? What type am I? Am I a gatherer or am I a scatterer? He says, I've wanted many times to gather you, but you were not willing. That hit me. That hit me. That some people are just not interested. (laughs) They are not interested. Praise the Lord. A scatterer divides people. Let me help you understand that. He, he divides people. He separates people. That's a scatterer. So what I mean to say is that when you look at the end of his actions, when you look at the end of his words, 
when you when, when all is said and done and you are not equalizing everything in that whole thing yes, what you will see is that instead of people coming together people have scattered when you totalize the meetings that have taken place when you assess the whatsapp messages that were sent when you put together all the small meetings after the church service everything put together between this person and this person and this and this and this and this, when you when you put all of that together at the end if the person is a gatherer people will be together if the person is a scatterer by the time people are done engaging with this person by the time people are done being around this person they will be scattered they will be scattered what I mean to say is this when you are a gatherer, the moment somebody comes across you, it's like they have entered your orbit. Just like the earth rotates around the sun. The earth can never go, and it's like a magnetic field. The earth has to remain around the sun all the days of its life. It's a magnetic field that keeps the earth in check. The sun controls that whole magnetic field. But there are other people, you, they, as soon as you enter their magnetic field, you are propelled like a, 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 a rocket. Further away from everything that was there. What type of person am I this morning? I want you to think about it carefully. Titus 12, chapter 3 verse 10, the Bible says, One a divisive person. Warn a divisive person once. And then warn them a second time. After that, have nothing to do with them. A scatterer is a divisive person. The Bible says this person must be warned once. And this person must be warned a second time. Why is Paul telling Titus to warn a divisive person? Because there will be divisive persons... In the church of Titus. There will be divisive persons in the family. There will be divisive persons in the workplace. There will be divisive persons in the cell. There will be divisive persons in the worship team. One a divisive person. Don't let them continue doing what they are doing. Warn them once and warn them a second time. And after that... Let them be cut off. What is a divisive person? What does it mean? What is divisive? The, the, the word divisive means tending to cause disagreement and hostility between people. Tending to cause disagreements and hostility. A divisive person is a person that tends to cause disagreements and hostilities between people. That's a divisive person. If you didn't know, a divisive person, when, when they start talking, by the time they are done talking, there are disagreements. And there's hostility now between sister so-and-so and brother so-and-so, between this brother and this sister, this sister and that brother. That's a divisive person. That's a divisive person. Look at the person next to you and ask him, are you a divisive person? You have to make a decision to be a gatherer. If you are not a gatherer, you are a scatterer. And a scatterer is a divisive person. This is a divisive person. 
They, you see, that's why there's nobody around you. Because you don't know how to keep people. You tend to always create disagreements. You tend to always create hostility. So nobody can actually stick around you. The environment is not a gathering environment. It's a scattering environment. It's an atmosphere that you carry with you. That's why nothing stays around you. And let me tell you something. This has got nothing to do only with church. If you a scatterer, check his personal life. They, they, they scatter everything. There's nothing. You enter their finances, there's nothing. Everywhere you go, you find that there's always scattering, 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 scattering. That's a scatterer. He cannot maintain a, he cannot maintain a good relationship with money. One a divisive person once, then warn them a second time. Now this morning by the Spirit of God, I'm warning all the divisive people. And I'm warning them a second time. Hallelujah. Any divisive person, wherever you are, you are warned. You are warned this morning by the word of God. Jesus is telling you, I have my eyes on you. Because this is not Pastor Pascal's church. This is the church of Jesus Christ, which he pursues with his own blood. And the people that you are scattering belong to him. He says, one a divisive person. One a person that is scattering my work. A person that is not gathering, but he is scattering my work. One that person. I'm reminded this morning of Paul, the apostle. Who was going around scattering the precious work of our Lord Jesus. And he thought he was doing something wonderful. He will enter here, beat, destroy, scatter, people run away, kill, do all kinds of things. And he thought he's doing great. Because that is what some of you usually think. As you are going around getting nothing done but criticizing and destroying everything around you, you feel you are great. But then he had an encounter. On his way to Emmaus. Was it to Damas? Damascus, yes, please. Thank you. And Jesus appeared to him and said, So, so, why do you persecute me? Not why do you persecute the sheep. Why do you persecute me? And he said, Who are you, Lord, that I'm persecuting? He said, I am Jesus. Oh, are you waiting for your Damascus encounter? That Jesus appears to you and says, why are you scattering me? I said, but Jesus, when, when did I scatter? I mean, I've just been minding my little business. I've never done anything wrong to anybody. Oh, okay, show me, what have you gathered? What have you gathered then? Hmm? Oh, no, you haven't scattered. Whom have you gathered? No, Pastor, me, I don't scatter. I don't scatter. No problem. Show me the gathering. Where is the gathering? Jesus told us clearly, whoever is not gathering with me, oh, he's scattering, he's scattering. Whether you are aware of it or not, you are scattering the people. You are scattering the people by not gathering the people. You are scattering the people. That's what you are doing. And you are doing it there coolly and it looks like everything is fine. Acts 20, 29 to 30. Paul is speaking. 
a man who understood this thing. He says, for I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. They will not spare the flock. Why? The flock is gathered. The flock is gathered, but they will not spare the flock. By the time they are done, the flock will have scattered. Savage wolves. So a, a scatterer is a savage wolf. This is a person that has no mercy for the blood of Jesus that was shed on the person. When they come and they start doing their thing, they are so concerned about themselves. They don't care about anything. They, they don't think about their actions. They don't think about their words. They don't think about their lack of actions. Not just their actions, their lack of actions. They don't think about that. And they don't think about the effect it's having. Savage wolves. Then he goes west. Now, verse 30 says, and also, because these are savage, these, these, these ones will come and join the flock. Yes, sir. But there's another group. Verse 30. Also, from among yourselves, men will rise up, speaking perverse things, to draw away the disciples after themselves. Among yourselves, men will rise up. Among yourselves. Yes, some savage wolves will come from outside to try to disturb the flock. But also inside. There will be people inside that will also rise up and they will speak perverse things. Paul is saying the way you will notice is that the words, the words, the words. Brothers and sisters, how do you gather people with words? How do you scatter people with words? It will always be about what you say or what you don't say. Nothing scatters the church faster than negative words. And one of the negative words that are used to scatter is accusations. Accusations. Accusing one another. Accusing the leader. Accusing the members. Accusations. This is one of the number one arsenal that savage wolves use to destroy anything. Accusations. Complaints. Every time, you know, this and this, complaints, accusations, complaints. Yeah. Evil speaking, evil, evil words. Evil suggestions that are not very clear, but the message is being sent. Galatians 5.15 But if you are always biting and devouring one another watch out beware of destroying one another you are always biting 
and devouring. What is that? You are accusing one another. You are complaining about one another. You are gossiping about one another. You are speaking evil of one another. Nothing is worse than two brothers coming together to speak against another brother. We saw the consequences of this thing in the life of Joseph. It was never easy for him. When brothers gathered together against him, it was not easy for him. But thank God, God turned everything that was going bad into his good. But I'm sorry to tell you that that is usually not the case for everybody. Some people remain in those pits. Some people remain in those prisons forever. Accusations. As you have turned yourself into the friend of the devil, moving around accusing people. Oh, did you see this? this that, those are the things that destroy. That marriage will not stand if you are always accusing one another. Let me tell you the truth. Accusations weakens people. Accusation makes people to not behave the way they should behave anymore. Once you start accusing a person, they start malfunctioning around you. Or in a situation that you are accusing them on. Once they are in that type of situation, they become something else. Accusations. A beloved always accusing the other beloved. You did this. Why didn't you do this? Why did you do this? A wife accusing the husband. I have heard of a wife who accused her husband of cheating with a woman that was the age of her grandmother. But the, the wife was adamant, you are having an affair with this woman. You are busy with this woman. Accusations, accusations. They destroy people. When Satan wants to destroy a ministry, he turns the members into accusers of the pastor. The members start finding things to accuse their pastor on. Oh, he's stealing, he's stealing the money. Oh, that's why he's driving a bigger car. He's taking the whole money. He's finishing our children. He's sleeping with Sister Susie. He's doing this with Brother So-and-so. He's doing these accusations. Before you realize. And if you are Susie listening to me, please. I just, your, your word just came. I mean, that just came. I was trying to avoid as much as possible for my own sake. To not mention any name that I am connected to. So Susie is just a name like that. Praise God. If you are Susie, we love you, we care about you, we thank God for your life. There's nothing wrong with you. The whole ministry of Jesus was cut short because of accusations. People tried to pull him off the, the, the cliff, they couldn't. People tried to make him drink all kinds of things, they couldn't. But they decided to use Satan's number one and greatest weapon, which is accusation. When they started accusing Jesus... His hours became numbered. By the time the accusations were over, Jesus' life on earth, his ministry, his earthly ministry was over. They accused him so much that even Pilate was not concerned. Pilate says to Jesus, are you not going to answer? These people are accusing you too much. Why are you quiet? Jesus said no word. There was nothing to say. Because the accusations was not for him to prove himself. 
The accusations were not coming for him to prove that he didn't do those things. The accusations were coming to nail him on the cross. And that's the purpose of accusations. Accusations never come for you to prove that you were right or for you to show other no, you didn't do what they're saying you did. No. When people are accusing you, they want you down. They want you down. When the people came with the woman that was caught in the issue of uh, and, uh, and the issue of blood, they came with their stones. So they already knew what was going to happen to her. They were not coming there for anything. They came with their stone. They knew that you are dead. I mean, that's it. You are finished. But they found the accusation breaker. And that was the end of them. May you encounter the accusation breaker in your personal life. Hallelujah. Nothing unites the church, a family, a marriage, a company better than positive words. Words that are being spoken. Words. What you say. What you say can gather us and what you say can scatter us. Be careful what you say when you are in those meetings. Be careful when, what you say when you are working with somebody. Because you can say something now and the person is gone. We'll never see them again. And you will have to carry their blood on your head. Be careful about it. When you speak, the Bible tells us what you should say. Ephesians 4.29 Let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. But only what is helpful to build up the one in need and bringing grace to those who listen. Only things that will build up people. When you are speaking, my brother, when you are speaking, my shepherd, when you are speaking, my mother, are you only saying things that are building up people? Or you are devouring and biting? Devouring and biting. I'm saying this morning, make a decision. I'm going to be a gatherer, not a scatterer. Because my words can gather. And I want to prove it to you. The Bible says in John 6, 67 to 68, from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Jesus had people leaving him. Then Jesus said to the twelve, do you also want to go away? Listen to what made the, the twelve to want to stay. But Simon Peter answered to him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words. The words. The words. We are staying because of the words. You have the words. It is your words that are keeping us here. The, your words, the way you speak. Therefore, words can scatter and words can gather. If you are always surrounded with nobody around you, ask yourself, what are you saying? Nobody, nobody, nobody. You go to places alone, there's nobody that is following you. There's nobody who can say, where can I go? You have the words. No, 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 I have to stick in this ministry. No, you, the way you speak to me, I'm encouraged to stay. I'm encouraged to go through difficult things. You speak in a way that keeps me here. The words. What do you say? 
Every day. Stupid members, they don't pay tight, they don't do this, they come late. I don't even know what, what type of members are these, useless members. What do you say in your heart? Useless shepherd. I wish it was Pastor Pascal standing here. I mean, I don't even know what this guy is talking about. What do you say? Those things you say, spoken are unspoken. They become the gathering or the scattering effect at the end of the day. Learn that lesson today. Learn that lesson today. Refuse to be an accuser. Choose to be an encourager. Say with me, I am not an accuser. I am an encourager. I will use my words to build up people. I will not use my words to break people and take people down. Oh. Refuse to break people. Refuse to be a relationship breaker. Be a relationship builder. You are a bridge. When people come around you, they can cross over to the other side. Their journey doesn't end there. No, you are a gatherer. With your words, with your actions, everything you do, that's why people are around you. Because you are a gatherer. Listen to me. If you are not gathering, you are scattering. And if you are scattering, you are against Jesus. Think about that. Think about that deeply. These are not just words I'm speaking because these words will stand in judgment against us one day. These words you are hearing today. You need to show me your flock. I need to see the people your words have gathered. The Bible says that words are seed. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Words are seeds. And many times when you want to gather pigeons, you just throw seeds. You just throw grains. When you want to gather chicken, you just throw grains. You don't need to call them. You just throw the grains. They come themselves. Why? Because you have thrown the seeds. And the seeds will throw the people. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Words are seeds. If you throw the right seeds, all these birds will come. Sometimes they are so desperate for the grains that they are not even, they don't even care whether you can catch them. You will see pigeons around the person just eating the grains. That's how you will become. Pigeons will gather around you. People will gather around you. A little one shall be a thousand. A small one shall be a mighty nation. Because you are using words. Not to tear people down. Not to accuse your pastor. And you see, the more you are accusing your pastor, the deeper in the pit you are going. The more you are having your meetings to accuse people that God is helping, the more you are descending. Be careful now. Be careful. Number two. Decide to become a sticker. Not a splitter. Number one, decide to be a gatherer, not a scatterer. Number two, decide to become a sticker, not a splitter. Proverbs 18, verse 24. A man who has friends must himself be friendly. That's the principle. If you're going to have friends, you must be friendly. 
You can never have friends if you are unfriendly. You are unfriendly, unwelcoming, difficult to intrude with, always keeping to yourself, never giving anybody. You never have friends. You are breaking a spiritual law. A man who has friends must himself be friendly. Am I friendly? Maybe that's why I don't have friends. Maybe that's why I don't have friends. I am not friendly. You see, listen, stop using that excuse. Nobody understands me. What do you mean nobody understands you? What do you mean? Nobody understands me. I'm, I'm a different type. What do you mean? What do you mean? Nobody understands you. You are not friendly. That's what, it, that's what the Bible is saying here. If you don't have friends, it's because, look, let's face the reality. And you need to admit this for you to be helped. I am not friendly. Yeah. I have a bad attitude, even though I'm born again. I have a negative spirit, even though I speak in tongues. I'm unfriendly. I don't treat people well. That's why they don't like being around me. But that is about to change this morning. God is going to help you. You're going to become friendly. That's why the word comes. This word is coming to help you find the key to the other. You are one, but where's the other? One is not enough. You need the other. One another. And I'm trying to bridge the one another for you this morning. That if you are not a gatherer, you will not have the other. If you are a splitter, you will never have the other. So he says, a man who has friends must himself be friendly. You see, those people you see around you that always have people around them, you know, don't, don't be too quick to, to criticize them. Check the principles. You'll be surprised to see that they know how to relate. And you don't. And you can learn from them. Let's continue our verse. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. There is a friend who sticks. Say with me, I'm a sticker. I, 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 I stick. There's a friend. There's a friend. He sticks. I'm friendly. And in my being friendly, I have made friends. But among those friends, there's a friend. He's sticking closer. He's sticking. He's sticking. He's sticking. Closer than a brother. Are you sticking? Are you a sticker? Do you stick? Because for you to stick, there must be glue. There must be something holding the whole thing. You can't just take a piece of paper and stick. No, it will, it will fall. The, the, the glue is not strong. There's not, and sometimes there's no glue. That's why people are not sticking in the church. There's no glue. That's why people are not sticking in your life. Hmm? 
I'm a sticker. You see, if you are a sticker, you will stick. And a sticker can stick to another sticker. So which means, if I'm a sticker, it's easy for people to stick with me. Because I'm a sticker myself. But if I'm just a mere paper, do you understand? It will not be easy for other people to stick with me. Ruth was a sticker in the Bible. We see her sticking. Ruth 1, 15 to 18. Look, Naomi said to her, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and her gods. You should do the same. Go. But Ruth replied, don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. I'm a sticker. I'm a, say with me, I'm a sticker. I'm a sticker. I stick. I stick. I stick. I stick. Don't, don't, don't push me away. Don't try to tell me, go that side, go that. No, 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 no. You are wasting your last saliva. Wherever you go, let me tell you now, Naomi. Uh, 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 wherever you go, I'm going to go. I'm a sticker. Wherever you live, I will live there. Your people will be my people. Whatever nationality, whatever type of people they are, poor people are sick. Rich people are sick. Tall people are sick. Low people are sick. Any type of people that you bring around, I stick with them. I will not be choosy. A sticker is not too choosy. It is that choosy choosy that is making you to have nobody. You can't stick much. Just the place you live can make you to not stick with a person because the person is not going to go there. You don't like that place. There are no toilets. There's nothing. Can you stick? Or you are just with this person as long as it is convenient. Hmm? It's the situational sticking. As long as we are in the city, you have a job, I have a job, everything is okay, eh? I stick with you. But it will be true, only good thing, not through thick and thin. Only through thick. If it gets thin, I will not stick. Those of you that are planning to get married, are you saying what Ruth is saying here? Or for you, just too thick. When it becomes thin, you pull out. You pull out. Oh, pastor, I'm here. We are here together. As long as it's thick. People are coming. The church is buzzing. Pastor is preaching nice. The anointing is flowing. I'm sticking with you, pastor. When things change a little bit, ah, I disappear. You don't see me anymore. Not only that things change a little bit for the pastor, even for yourself. Now a better job has arrived. Pastor, you know, things have changed. Things have changed. Things have changed. Wow. Wow. You are not sticking. How many people, they are sticking because they are poor. The moment their condition changes a little bit, how many people, they are sticking because you haven't corrected them. 
The moment you correct, the moment you say something, they are no more happy. They start unsticking themselves. They are no more sticking the way they were sticking before. Because now you are no more saying good things. They stick only as long as you are saying the good things they want to hear. This is why relationships don't work. This is why people end up pretending, which is another problem. Because I don't want, I don't want to be, I don't want you to be real with me. If you are real with me, I can't take it. I can't take it. So people have to always lie around you. Pastors have to go and get into loans so that the church can look like it's working. So that certain people can stick. I never do it. I can, I tell you right now, I'll never do it. As long as God helps me. You stick with me, no problem. You don't want, no problem. The church is not a prison. No. No. You can go. We are just choosing to stick. It's a choice. It's a choice. It's a choice. Your God will be my God. This is true until money becomes their God. The moment money becomes their God, this living God is more their God. Things start changing. The commitments start changing. The, the attention start changing. All of the sudden, we don't worship the same God anymore. All of the sudden, we don't have the same God anymore. Even though we are in the same house. Gods have changed. And there are fights over gods. Wherever you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. What a commitment. What a sticker. What a sticker. Wherever you die, I die there. I die there. What was Ruth saying to Naomi? Only death will separate us. And can I tell you something? That is a true relationship. A true relationship that God has started because God is eternal. The only thing that must end that relationship is death. Only death. Those of you that are planning to live next year, you are not serious. You are not serious. Only death must end things here. Only death. Only death. Those of you that are planning to lose, to live as soon as you get in another city, you are not serious. Yeah. As soon as you go to varsity, you disappear. You change everything. You disappear of our radar. Yeah. You think we don't know your things? We know your things. We have seen a few now. We know it. She says, where you die, I will die. What a commitment. And the interesting thing, she, Naomi is not a man. Naomi is a woman and she is a woman. So it's not even that she's, she's getting, she is just committed to the person. She was married to the son of the woman. The son died, but she refuses to let go. She refuses to let go. And like I told you last week, she became the ancestor of Jesus Christ because of that commitment. Listen to what she is saying as she and she says, May the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything but death to separate us. She says, May God punish me severely if I allow. So it means when people separate, they have allowed. They have allowed. 
When you see somebody not committed, no, they have allowed. It says, if I allow, if I allow anything, but death to separate us, if I allow. Question, what are you allowing to separate? What are you allowing at the moment? A little offense, you are allowing a little offense to separate. Little, little, little challenge, little, little difficulty, you are allowing it. It must not come and destroy the whole thing. Something, nothing. Hmm? If I allow anything, if I allow anything to separate. We know that Elijah was also a sticker. We saw it. We all know. Are you a sticker? Will you stick? Through thick and thin, through the storm and the rain, through the sunshine, through the desert, we'll be together. As I close, I want to give you a few reasons why you must become a sticker. Number one, become a sticker at ABC because ABC is a family. Do you understand? And family sticks together. The church, look, ABC is not a church only. ABC is a family. You must understand that. And you can never abandon your family. You yourself, you know the things your family has done to you before. As you are sitting there. Some of you, they've even disowned you. But you are still in the family. They've betrayed you. They've gossiped about you and you heard it. They laughed and mocked you. But you are still in the family. Why is it that this, your spiritual family, that is even the most important family according to Jesus, a small offense, you are already making your way out. No, you are deceived. And God has sent me to clear off that deception from your mind in the name of Jesus Christ. Ephesians 3, 14 and 15. For this reason, I bow my knee to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and on earth is named. So Jesus, Paul was telling us that there is a family in heaven and on earth. When you are on earth, you are a part of that family. You are just in another reality. When you die, you transit to that family in heaven. We are one family. All of us. Jesus, Paul calls it a family in heaven and on earth. On earth, that family is called a church. It's a family. God sees it that way. It's a family. The church is not an organization only. The church is a family. A spiritual family. It is known like that in scripture. The whole family in heaven on earth it's one family when you are here you are already a part of that family when you transit you just go and take your role on the other side you are part of it Matthew 12 14 and 15 Jesus answered who is my mother who is my brother then he pointed to his disciple and said look these are my mother and my brother anyone who does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and my sister and my mother Jesus introduced the spiritual family and he called them brother, sister, mother the same words we use in the biological family Hebrews 2 verse 11 both the one who makes people holy and those who are made holy are of the same family 
So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. That is Hebrews, 12, Hebrews 2, 11. Jesus is calling you his brother and his sister because you are part of the family. Why on earth will you think you can break that family? Or you should break that family? This is your family on earth. The same way you can never stop being that same name on earth. You have entered the spiritual family. This is where you are. When something goes wrong in the family, do you abandon the family? No. You fix the problem. Why is it that living becomes your only option when something happens to the church? But your biological family, mistake upon mistake upon mistake, you are still there. You are still there. You've always been there. Why must you stick? Because ABC is God's house. And you are one of the bricks. And bricks stick together. Always. For you to see a house is the combination of many bricks that are sticking together. And the builder ensures they stick together by using mortar and concrete. That you can't, you have to break the brick. Once it is sticking here, you can't, you can't do nothing. Second Peter chapter 2 verse 2, verse five, chapter 2 verse 5, and you are living stones, you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. You are living stones. So I am a stone, you are a stone, God is building his temple using us. The last time I checked, once you put bricks somewhere, they are there. You cannot put bricks here in this world. You come the next day, the bricks have decided, okay, we are tired of being in this world. We are going to the other side of the... What are you talking about? The bricks in my house have been there for years and they are still there. Because they are sticking together. Many times it's raining, they are sticking together. Many times the wind is blowing, they are sticking together. And sometimes the floors are even coming, they are still sticking together. They are going through all of it together. That is a true church where we stick together. We face challenges together. We overcome them together and we enter the brighter side of life together. Know that we are only together when things are nice. The moment something shifts a bit, people start looking. Let's listen to me. It's a mistake. It's a big mistake people make. Number three, why must you be a sticker? Because not everything that gets us out there is gold. The moment you are somewhere for a while, you start feeling it's getting dull. And other things start looking more rosy and brighter and glitterish. But let me tell you something. Not everything that glitters is gold. As you are making your consideration, just bear that in mind. Because Genesis 13 verse 10, the Bible says, Lord lifted his eyes and saw all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere. And the Bible quickly put in brackets, before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. The place he was observing, and it looked very nice watered, it was Sodom and Gomorrah. He was just looking at it before the destruction. After the destruction, it is nowhere to be found, even in the map today. 
You can't find it. And that is how some of the things you are considering are. You are looking at the thing before the distraction. It doesn't look the same. Before and after. If you like, go check pictures before and after. It's not the same. Number four, quickly. What looks new today will be old tomorrow. Everything looks new when you are looking at it from far or when you are starting it. And this is usually what makes people leave a relationship to another relationship. Because they get tired of this. The other relationship looks a little bit more interesting. A little bit more, you know, like I feel, I feel, this person is boring now. I want, I want, I want to try something else. And the person, the, the strange person looks very, very voluptuous. They look very interesting and very conversational. They, they look, they look nice. And you feel, this is what I actually need. A new church in the area looks very attractive. Their music and their sound and their pastor, everything looks just nicer. And you are tempted to say, you know what, let me, let me go and try on the other side. But let me tell you something. There's nothing new under the sun. Ecclesiastes chapter 1 verse 9 to 10. That which has been is what will be. And that which is done is what will be done. And there is nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which it may be said, see, this is new? It has already been in ancient times before us. It is new to you, but it's not new in the system. That church looks new to you, but it's not new. After you join for a week, you will see that it's not new. Do you understand? You will quickly realize churches are just about the same. Somebody will come and sing. After they finish singing, somebody will come and take offering. After they finish taking offering, somebody will come and preach a message. Look, you can go to the church in the moon. You, somebody will just come out of nowhere and start singing. And then after the finishing, another one will come and take offering. Again, these are things that are offending you. So you will see that anywhere you go, no matter how they push it, no matter how they polish it, at the end of the day, somebody is singing a song, somebody is opening a Bible, somebody is taking offering, offering baskets are passing around, or even machines, they are snorting machines, they are using, but it's still offering. And at the end of the day, somebody is standing there saying, praise the Lord, open your Bible in the book of Genesis. There is nothing new under the sun, my brother. Learn to enjoy what God gave you. Before you realize, you realize that that girl also has two breasts. She doesn't have three. It's also two breasts. She has two eyes. She has one mouth. The body is the same. Everything is the same. Just small differences there and there. And if you are not careful, she is even worse than the one you just left behind. She is worse. If you are not careful. Because there's nothing new. You are deceived. You are falling under heavy deceptions. No, 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 no. He looks nicer. No, he dresses better. It will still be a trouser. Whether he dresses how. The, the trouser is the trouser. And you will wash that trouser. It's not like because he is wearing trousers nicely. You will not, when you wash them, you will not feel like you are. You will still feel like you are washing. It's a trouser, my friend. When he releases gases, they will smell. It is the same thing, my friend. 
you better settle with the small smells you are managing, you are, you are learning to, to manage now. At least these ones, you know how they go. They style like this and then you, 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 you handle them like this. These new smells you are going for. <laughs> May God help you. You will be here and say, Pastor Pascal preaches too long. No problem. You will enter Methuselah. He start preaching today. He finished three years from now. Methuselah preaching. That's what you're going to enter. Because sometimes God needs to do that to show you that what you had was right. What you had was right. Number five. Living is not always the solution. Living is not always the solution. People, every time something goes wrong, I'm living. Every time I'm living. Let me tell you something. Living actually is not a solution. I need to tell you the truth. Go and ask the prodigal son. He left. And ask him what happened to him. If living was a solution, he returned with nothing. Ask the prodigal son. Because he felt, I need to go. And he took everything and took off. Was that a solution? Matthew 18, 15 to 17. If your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault. Don't go away. Go to them and point out their fault. This is the biblical way of resolving a conflict. Just between the two of you, the Bible says, don't involve a lot of people. See, that's why we start. Something went wrong. You're already involving four people. You haven't gone to the person who offended you, but you have already gone to 10,000 people who are unrelated to the matter. And that's why you can't go to the person. The Bible says, just the two of you, solve it there. If they listen to you, you have won them over. But if they do not listen, it doesn't say, then go. No. Take another one or two others along. So that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If they still refuse to listen, then tell it to the church. Make it now public. Everybody now must know about the thing in the church. Do you see the process that you have to go through? The Bible is not saying to you, somebody has offended you, leave. And if they refuse to listen even to the church, then treat them as you would treat a pagan. So consider them to be unbelievers, but don't leave the church. Just make sure that you look at them as a pagan, somebody who doesn't know God. So God expects you to stay in the church with a person that has offended you and has refused to accept their fault, but you are in the church and you are still enjoying your present worship, you just make sure you put them away. You put them in a cupboard somewhere and you close the gate. You say, you stay there. I'm going to focus. What a word. What a word. <laughs> Philippians 4.2 Now I appeal to you, dear, and sentish, Please, because you belong to the Lord, settle your disagreement. That's the way. 
you belong to the Lord, you belong to the same church. Settle your disagreement. I'm talking to somebody listening this morning. Settle your disagreement. Going is not the right solution. Settling the agreement, the disagreement is the solution. Settle the disagreement. And it is this hoping around that has turned churches, uh, members into immature, always babies. Because you see, most of the time, God is not trying to change the situation. God wants to help you. You understand? So you want you want to go away because you don't want the situation. But God wants the situation because God wants to work on you. If God doesn't allow the situation, God cannot grow you. Therefore, James says, consider it pure joy when you go through different type of tests. He says, dear brothers and sisters, when, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Growth. That's what God wants. When now you want to live. So you live and you didn't grow. Then you go to the other side. The same you with the same spirit, the same bad spirit. Before long, the same problem. You move again to the next place. So we have all these immature, never growing members rooming around. You can never correct them. You can never speak to them. They get offended. They enter churches. They start controlling atmospheres. They start doing all kinds of things. And they've never grown. Because they're always running away from the growth. Always running away. Lastly, you must become a sticker. Because by staying, you give yourself a chance to be appointed. Acts 1, 21 to 22. By now, Judas is dead. His spot is left there. And God never said 11, he said 12. So the disciples have a dilemma. They need to replace Judas. But with who are they going to replace Judas? What criteria are they going to use to replace Judas? I want you to look at what Peter said. What criteria do they look at to choose the replacement of Judas? Acts 1, 21 to 22. Therefore, of these men who have accompanied us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John to that day, when he was taken up from us. One of these must become a witness with us of his resurrection. Do you want to know why Paul is not one of the 12 disciples? Paul was not there. Do you understand? Paul got saved later. The criteria for being one of the 12 was that you were supposed to have been there from the days of John the Baptist all through the whole ministry of Jesus until he went to heaven. They needed a man who was with them that whole time. And there were only two men like that. Justus and Matthias. Those two. So they were brought forth and they prayed that God must reveal among the two which one must be taken and it fell on Matthias. And Matthias became the 12th disciple who replaced Judas. Not because Matthias was preaching powerful messages. Not because Matthias was 
operating the anointing simply because Matthias had been there all this time from John the Baptist up until Jesus was taken up until that moment when they were making the decision Matthias was in the church do you want to know why some people never get promoted they are never there they live at the wrong time they live just before the promotion could arrive they are out by the time the anointing comes the apostolic anointing is coming to establish people in the ministry and Matthias that's the time Matthias fell no 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 I think I need to go back to my business imagine what could have happened to Matthias if he was not there in that day sticking around can be the reason why you get promoted tomorrow a vacation is it what they call it a vacation a vacancy a vacancy will just show up there are always Judases and there are always Matthiases you will decide are you going to be a Judas someone else will take your office a Matthias who was just hanging around will step in how did I become a pastor have you ever wondered that I was never in the list of the pastors to be ordained I was never in the meeting with pastors but I was always around and there was a day a certain man of God that was supposed to go somewhere did not go he went the other way and that is how I became his disobedience gave me my place when they looked for him they couldn't find him now there was a vacancy and I was called there's a spot the person that was supposed to occupy it has betrayed us what do you say I'm here because of a Judas you know Pastor Pascal today because a Judas was revealed I'm asking myself who will be there tomorrow because somebody missed their place become a sticker stick so close closer than a brother closer than a brother may that grace come upon you this morning stand on your feet everybody please wherever you are this morning I have given you just two decisions I'm left with six I will take you through them next Sunday six more decisions that you need to take. But this morning we saw about you deciding to be a gatherer. And I want you to pray about it this morning. I want to be a gatherer. I want to be a sticker. Lord, help me. Open your mouth wherever you are. Begin to pray. Ask God for this grace to become a gatherer. Don't be a scatterer. Don't be a person who is moving around without a congregation. Always alone. Come to church alone. Come for meetings alone. There's no Nobody ever following you. Why? You are against Jesus. He is gathering, you are scattering. Open your mouth and ask for grace this morning. Ask for grace this morning. Prelamo, shepelamo, shavelamo, prelegare, iprecare.
Precasoma, Prandegale, Ciprelage, Precantoma, Shepredave, Zipelama, Socodave, Enteleva, Precantome, Sheprecade, Presucade, Mekenam, Sapelame, Egadaralo, Father Grace, Father Grace, Father Grace, to gather people, not scatter people, with my words, with my actions, with my attitude, with, with, this, with the way I carry myself. The decisions I make that are just scattering people, lack of responsibility, lack of accountability, lack of training people, lack of visiting people, lack of checking on people, lack of visiting people. My actions are just scattering the people. People are just left in the hands of the devil. It's like a hand that has chased the chicks away. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Help me today. I come before you. Ask God to help you to become a sticker this morning. I am a sticker. I am a sticker. I will not leave. I will stay. I am not one of those who leave. I am not one of those who accuse. I am not one of those who leave. I am not one of those who leave. I am here. I am here. I will stay. Nothing will shake me. Nothing will move me. Oh, just like Ruth said, may God punish me if I allow, if I allow anything that death. Oh, yes. I am a sticker because this is a family and I cannot abandon my family. No one says my family was perfect. We want the dirty linen in the family. Thank you, Jesus. I shall not abandon my family. Oh, grace. Oh, grace, Lord. Grace to stick. Grace, grace to stay until my promotion comes. Until my promotion comes. Until my appointment comes. Oh, power. In Jesus, precious name, we have given thanks. Amen. Thank you, Father. Lord, I thank you this morning. That there is a grace to stay. There's a grace to stick. There's a grace to encourage. There's a grace to gather. There's a grace. And that nobody here will become a disgrace. Nobody. Let your word work in us. Until the fruit becomes evident for all to see. Let your word work in us. I refuse to be against my Jesus. I choose to be for Jesus. This morning, if you are saying, I am not against Jesus, let me tell you something. He told us, if you are not with me, you are against me. I'm not talking about a church. Are you with Jesus? I mean, honestly, are you with Jesus? Or you are on your own? You are with other people. This morning, I want to give you an opportunity to get things right with Jesus. Become one with Jesus. We do that through the new birth. If you want to give your life to Jesus this morning, you want to be born again, you want a fresh start with Jesus, 
You want your sins to be forgiven. You want your name to be written in the book of life. I want to give you an opportunity to be one with Jesus. I'm going to count up to three. If you are saying, Pastor, I want Jesus. I will pray with you. At the count of three, wherever you are watching me from, I want you to raise your right hand without fear. Raise your right hand and I pray with you. At the count of three. One, two, three. Raise your right hand. God bless you. God bless you. Wherever you are watching from, you can raise your hand. Don't be ashamed. This is between you and Jesus. You are saying, I don't, I'm, I'm done being against him. I want to be with him. I want to be a gatherer. But I want to be gathered first with him. Oh yes. You can take your hand down. Now, you've heard the word. You are born again. But this morning, you can just sense, look, I've been going off. Satan has just been messing me up. I mean, I've been scattering knowingly and unknowingly. But this morning, I want to come back to Jesus. I want to make a fresh commitment to Jesus. Lord, I'm sorry I was against you. This morning, I want to make it clear I'm with you. We're going to gather together. We're going to stick people to your house. Not and stick them into the world and into hell. Oh, we will care about the people. We will love the people. We will be interested in their well-being, spiritual well-being, their spiritual growth. Lord, Paul prayed, I, I travail that Christ be forming in your heart. Father, I don't see my, I haven't been doing such things anymore. I, I'm, I'm lost. I've lost my way completely. Oh, Father, I want to come back. I want to reconnect with you. If that is you, I want you to commit my life to Jesus. Don't be ashamed. At the count of three, this is a moment of grace. You can connect at this moment and see your total life transform. You raise your right hand, I pray with you. One, two, three. I want you to commit my life. Raise your hand. Thank you so much. God bless you. God bless you. Now, I want all of you, wherever you are watching from, mean this from your heart and say these words after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you this morning. I surrender my life to you this morning. Forgive me my sins. Forgive me my sins. Wash me with your blood. Wash me with your blood. I believe you died for me. I believe you died for me. On the third day you rose again. On the third day you rose again. That I might be justified. That I might be justified. Right now. Right now. I believe. I believe. My sins are forgiven. My sins are forgiven. I'm justified by your blood. Justified by your blood. I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm restored. I'm restored. I'm born again. I'm a child of God. I am free from the power of sin to serve the living God. Thank you, Jesus, for receiving me. Thank you, Jesus, for restoring me. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Amen. Thank you for listening. May God bless you. Please drop us a comment in the comment section to tell us how this message has helped you. Remember also to subscribe to receive notifications on our latest sermons. You can also watch Pastor Pascal live every Sunday morning from 10 a.m. on our church Facebook page, Alive Bible Church HQ. Or you can worship with us live in one of our branches in Sun City, Macharora, Pazima, Mukwase, Lidach, Rustenburg and beyond. Have a blessed day and remember we are alive to give life. Whether your presence